Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, it brought back some memories for me. This being Throwback Sunday, they did some throwback tunes. I got some throwback memories, Hunter. Would you do me a favor? Would you just reach over and grab the hand of the person next to you? It doesn't matter if you know them or not, or a family. I just want to pray for us. God's going to do something huge this morning. Father, I just pause at the beginning of this message that you've laid on our hearts. And Lord, as we just physically touch the person next to us and hold their hand, God, we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what their struggle is. We don't know where they're at with their walk with you or if they even have a walk with you. But God, we just pray for the person to our left and to our right. Maybe we do know them. Maybe we do know their struggle this morning. God, we just pray fervently that you'd reach down and that you would change each one of us the way you'd want to change us this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said. What a beautiful day it is. What a beautiful name he has. Hopefully you have your outline this morning. If you do, grab that. Grab you something to write with this morning. Let me ask you a question. How many of you believe that God is doing something great at Connections Church? Can I just see your hand? I can hear from you or see your hand. We just believe. We just know that God is doing something great. Now, you say, well, Pastor, what is it? What is it that He's doing? I don't know. He's not revealed every part of it to us yet. And that's the way God works. In case you're new to the faith or in case you didn't understand that yet and you've been struggling with not having the whole plan laid out in front of you, God doesn't give you the whole plan all at one time. Amen? Those of you that have been walking with God for a while, you know that you get it just a little piece at a time. You're not going to get the whole plan. But He's doing something. And the part of the plan that He's already revealed to us, the part that we know is that here at the beginning of the year, and we're only like three Sundays in now, He wants to renew us. Will you say renew with me? Renew. We talked about that first week. God, renew the right spirit within me. And I hope and I pray that you've dove into God's Word and that He started that work in you. You say, well, Pastor, He has not finished yet. It's not there. It's okay. It's a process, okay? You don't have to be there already this morning, but it's a process of a, a renewed, a right spirit being renewed inside of you. And then last week we, we talked about renewing our thoughts and our minds. Oh, how desperately we need renewed minds. Amen? And I know some of you spent the last week reading over those scriptures that Pastor Robert brought us last week about, Lord, renew my mind. Help me to ditch those things that aren't good for me, those thoughts that I have in my thought life, those, those attitudes that, that crop up. Renew my mind. And so as we see God doing all of these new things, He's, he's renewing us into the people that He wants us to be. He's renewing our church. There's somebody... Who likes to sneak in while God's in the process of renewing? He, he likes to sneak in and undo what God's doing. Do you know who I'm talking about this morning? He's the enemy of our soul. Now his job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he takes his job seriously. While he was at it before you ever got out of bed this morning planning how your morning would go. Some of you may have had a, a morning from, you know... 
and you barely got the kids here. You, you barely got yourself in the car. Maybe you didn't even get a chance to eat breakfast. How many of you haven't even had the first cup of coffee yet? You're still waiting on that. Well, that's your own fault because there was plenty out there. You should have been here earlier. He's at work 365, 24 hours a day, the enemy of our soul. He is there to undo what God is doing. And here's what I want you to know. The leadership of this church, the pastoral staff of this church, has seen multiple times over the last few weeks and months, Satan, the enemy of our soul, try to creep in and destroy what God is doing. Now we're on high alert. Like the government has those different levels. I don't know what they all are. But there's yellow, and then there's orange, and then there's red, high alert. We're on high alert this morning. Because we have seen the enemy come in and make attempts so significant, maybe that you didn't notice them. Now remember the enemy of our soul, and when we start out by hearing about him in the book of Genesis, he is sneaky. He's crafty, the Bible says. He doesn't always come through the front door with a bulldozer. He comes in sneakily. He's crouching and he's, he's that little rascal that you just can't always get your, your hands on. But that's the enemy of our soul. That's what Satan is. And, and he, he hasn't necessarily busted through the front door. So you may not have seen these things, but I want you to know this morning, listen, the majority of the attacks on this church congregation in the last few weeks and months have been on relationships. Would you believe that? Does that make sense? He didn't go crash through here and mess with our theology and say, oh, do you really believe what you believe? No, he just creeped into a relationship situation where he had just a little bit of a toehold and then he stuck his big old nasty foot in there and caused a riff. And we've seen it a couple of times, multiple times over the last few weeks. And as we started to come into the beginning of the year and we started to talk about renewing our spirits and renewing our minds, we said, you know what? We probably need to renew our relationships. We probably need to take a look at that. We did a men's study seven or eight years ago on a Saturday morning, and it was on the, uh, the book of Romans, specifically chapter 12. And some things, some Something happened in my head during that Bible study, and it was like the lights came on. Have you ever had an experience like that with God? Yeah. You've read it a million times, and all of a sudden you read it again, and boom, you finally see it. Something changed inside of me. Somehow I got the visual picture of relationship and how much it matters to God. Well, before that, it was just relationships. It was just, yeah, I'm hanging out with some people, and I got some family, and, and I got a relationship with God. But it came down to this point, and I realized, this is it. This is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. This is where it's at when it comes to church and faith. And so our relationships with each other, they paint a picture for all those people that are watching our lives. Let me say that again. Our relationships paint a picture for all the people who are watching our lives. Say, well, Pastor, who's watching our lives? Well, your kids are watching your lives. The people at work are watching your lives. Your family, the people who maybe you don't associate with a whole lot, they're watching your life. Other people in church are watching your relationships because you are a Christian. You proclaim to be a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. So they want to see what? How do you handle it? 
How do you handle stress in a relationship? What's going on with you? And so I've heard it said, and this is the first thing there on your outline, every relationship is a little reflection of your personal walk with the Lord. Let me say that again. Every relationship that you have is a reflection of your personal walk with the Lord. Now think about that. When you start to go down the list of people that you have a relationship with, some at this level and some at a little deeper level, and then you get to your family, and that's sometimes way too deep. And you get to your spouse, the most intimate relationship that you, you have. They're all being examined. They're all being watched. And each one of those is a little reflection of where you are personally with your Lord and Savior. May I be so bold, sir, as to tell you that you will, no, you will never go any deeper with God than you are with your wife. Wow. Well, what about your relationship with your children? You will never go any deeper in your walk with your children than they, with, with God than you are with your children. You see, they matter that much to God. As a matter of fact, God, Jesus said this. He said, every member of your family is important. Jesus was pretty clear about the importance of relationships. There was a, a Jewish religious expert that, that asked him one day, this is in Matthew chapter 22, he said this, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus replied and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your what? Your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the greatest commandment. And Jesus continued and said, But the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's those relationships. It's that vertical relationship that you have with God that is primary important. But he says, don't forget to love your neighbor, your friends, your family, those people that you get to associate here horizontally on earth. Don't forget them. That is important too. And Jesus wrapped that whole thing. Those two, the vertical relationship with him and the horizontal relationships we have on this planet together and said, that's the whole law and the prophets right there. In other words, if you'll get this right, you'll be in the right spot. But how we mess relationships up, do we not? Now we might come to church this morning and say, well, my relationship with him, well, I'm straight, I'm good. I got no issues here. Everything's good. I, I was in my Bible 15 times last week and we had conversation about several things this week and boy, the Lord's moving and, and that's great. But what about that coworker? What about that family member? What about the person sitting on the other side of the room from you right now? What's going on there? What does God say about that? He says, love your neighbor as yourself. How much do you love yourself? Well, I take care of number one, don't I? I make sure number one gets some food. I make sure number one's got some clothes. By the way, some of you looking very spiffy this morning on Throwback Sunday. I make sure number one's got everything he needs. But what about my brother? What about my sister? What about those people that I don't like? God's commandment doesn't change. Every relationship is a little reflection of my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When we go through premarital counseling, we always tell the couple that's just starting out through this thing, we meet with them several times, and we remind them, your marriage is a reflection 
of God's love for his church. Really? Yeah. Everywhere you go, people should see you and your spouse walking together. And whatever they observe, whatever they see when they see you, they should say, you know what? Christ really loves his church. Look what he created. Look at the the organization of marriage and what he created so that we could see people walk together in faith and in love and say, man, he really loves his church. We remind them of that so that they go into that marriage understanding and knowing what it is that God expects from them. Do your friendships serve as an example of what Jesus showed when he was here on earth? Modeling patience and kindness and love? What do they model? What about your family? When people see you interact with your siblings? How many of you got brothers and sisters and fight with them all the time? What about your children? What about your parents? What do people see when they see you interact with those People, what do they walk away with? Do they walk away with the sense that that person understands relationship in the sense that the Bible explains it? Or do they walk away saying they're just like me? What about your church relationships? What about the little nitpicky things? So as we start to examine our relationships, it's always good as... As that scripture I stated already, it's always good to go back and say, what what did Jesus say about this? And he said, love the Lord your God first, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see in that scripture what Jesus is is really saying there? He's saying that relationships, first that vertical relationship with the Lord your God needs to be priority. And we all know that. We would have all answered that question that way. But then he says that, that the horizontal relationships that you have on the earth, they need to be straight too. You love the Lord your God first, and then you love other people. How? As you love yourself. That's hard to do sometimes, is it not? That doesn't always come naturally. And that's where this walk as a Christian comes into play because you get the opportunity to say, Lord, I can't do that without your help. I can't love that person without your help. I can't forgive them without your help. While I was thinking about this message this past week, I kept getting drawn to Psalms 23. I didn't understand what... It just happens like that sometimes. Psalm 23 kept popping up in my mind and in my heart, and I was thinking, Lord, I don't have nothing to do with relationships. It doesn't have anything to do with renewing relationships in that Psalm 23. just kept coming back. Psalm 23 kept coming back. You know the opening verse of Psalm 23, don't you? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let me, let me remind you of exactly what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of what? The shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And the Lord said, stop. I said, you anoint my head with oil. Now, in the first part of this, this verse, this beautiful poem that, that, that was written there for us, the Lord is my shepherd makes me a what? A sheep. 
And so as the psalmist writes through this, you, you, you visualize the, the sheep being led by the shepherd. And then when it gets to that, you anoint my head with oil, and that time out came from above, I said, what in the world is a sheep doing being anointed with oil? Because I always thought to myself that what was being referenced in that, the picture that comes to my mind is like in 1 Samuel, when, when Samuel goes and anoints King David as he's a little boy before he ever even took the throne, he did what? He took oil and he poured it over his head. And he said, you'll be king one day. The Lord says that. That's kind of the picture I had. Every time I've read Psalms 23 and gone through that, every time I've heard that before, but this time when I read those words, something in my heart and in my soul said, stop, hang on. There's got to be something else here, something that needs to be done. Why do I need as a sheep oil poured over my head? Why is it that the Lord is telling me that he's taking care of me and one of the ways he's going to take care of me is to pour oil over my head? Now, I found out some time ago why that is partially. Because my loving, intelligent, wonderful, hot wife sent me an article via Facebook and said, you got to read this. And in that article, it explained why a shepherd would put oil on a sheep's head. Does anybody know? Has anybody read that before? Anybody studied on that? See, in the spring and in the summer, there's flies, little gnats, flies that are flying all around the flock of sheep. And they get a little irritated. And as a matter of fact, if they don't do something about the flies, the flies will fly up the nose of the sheep and lay eggs in the sinus cavity. How many of you are still with me? Now that's nasty. And then what the sheep do is because they're in close proximity, you know, they're sheep. They don't need a lot of space. They're not like us. They're not looking for 16, 17, 1800 square feet. They're okay with what they got. And they're walking next to the other sheep, and they like to kind of just, you know, rub heads on the other guy. Hey, hey, what's going on over there? I'm good. And in the process of that, because these larvae, these eggs have hatched and caused them infection, they spread that infection to the next sheep. And as soon as you know it, if something doesn't get done, the whole flock of sheep is infected with these fly larvae, something or other kind of, it's nasty. I'll tell you the details later. Call me. It, it, but the whole flock's got them. And then a panic arises in the flock. Well, it, it, it gets so bad that if a flock has already had that and had to be cured and the veterinarian had to come in, so the next time flies start to fly around in the spring and the summer, the sheep just go nuts. Like nobody's got an infection yet. It's kind of like us when the news media starts coming on going, you need to get the flu shot. The flu is epidemic this year. We, gotta, we, we all panic. We're like, oh, where's the CVS? I got to get there. I got to. The sheep, they just freak out. Before anybody even has an infection, they just go nuts. And so what happens is that the oil, the ointment, the oil that the shepherd can come in and put on the sheep sometimes has a fragrance to it, and it keeps the flies away. Sounds simple, doesn't it? It just keeps the flies away, and that way the flies don't come, and they don't lay eggs in the nose of the one sheep, and he doesn't rub heads with the other sheep, and we don't end up with an outbreak of infection. Why? Because the oil was applied to the sheep. I read that, and I said, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for my wife. Who sent me that? So that I could understand partially what does it mean that he's taking care of me? He's the shepherd and I'm the... And he's going to put oil on my head to protect me from having eggs laid in my nose. Say amen, somebody. But I said, wait a minute. What's that got to do with relationships? See, the flies don't come but in the spring and the summer. 
in the fall and in the winter, something miraculous happens in a flock of sheep. Well, the male sheep decide it's time to fight. And I'll give you two guesses, three guesses, and the first two don't count what they're fighting about. Lady sheep. They want to fight. As a matter of fact, can I, can I just preach to you for just a minute? Some of you don't have a fight in you. Some of you don't have a fight. And that bothers me to see you like that. Because I'm a, I'm a fighter. Now, if there's a fight to be had, I'm going to get up there. I'm, I'm going to go at it. I've seen some of you out, outside of church. And the fight needs to happen and you're not there. These sheep are ready to fight. And the shepherd knows that. I, I'm worried about some of y'all. Because there's no fight to be had in you. You, you wouldn't fight if... It, you, are you feeling that this morning? Are you understanding what I'm saying? There are certain things in this world that need somebody to stand up and take a swing at something. You say, Pastor, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I follow you because over in Galatians chapter 5, Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, patience, peace, long-suffering. Oh yeah, I'm with you on that. I understand. I'm with you in a fight on peace because when I get through, there's going to be a piece of you over here and a piece over here. I said, well, what about joy? Oh, I'm going to enjoy the whole thing because you had it coming. What about patience? I'm going to have patience with you because I've been dealing with your mouth for a long time. But when the time comes, you're getting it right in the teeth. Oh, what about long suffering, pastor? I've been suffering. I've been suffering for a long time now. But we've come to the end. And you're about to get it. So the shepherd knows that we've got this thing inside of us that wants to fight. I'm looking for a fight most of the time. I, I want there to be a fight. I want to fight some of y'all. <laughs> and the shepherd knows that that's something in there because he put that in there. He put that in the heart of a man specifically. But some of you women like to fight too. And he said, what are we going to do about that? So in the fall and in the, in the winter, the sheep want to fight. They're going to go head to head. That's the rams. They're looking for a U, not a Y-O-U, but an E-W-E. They're fighting over the ladies. And they're going to go head to head. And what happens is when the rams go head to head, they get locked up sometimes and it causes damage to some of the, some of the rams. And, and they can get scars on their head. And, and some of them can get knocked out. And, and the shepherd knows that it's going to happen like that. And so... What does the shepherd do? He anoints their heads with oil. Listen. Not only is that oil a protection in the summertime from the flies that cause infection, but when he puts that oil over their head, a nice thick coating some of us need. And those rams go to button heads like some of us go to button heads sometimes. They just slip right off of each other. They're getting ready to butt into the other guy and he comes along just whoop. He just slips right off. You know what happens? He stand, they, they stand back and look like, what, what? What just happened? It takes the fight right out of them. And it causes peace in the flock. It causes peace in the flock. There's no longer a fight. If when the flock gets stirred up and the, and the rams go to uh, button heads, that thick oil just causes them to slip 
right past each other. They glean right off each other. The, the, the sheep don't know what happened. They got no understanding of, of, of why it happened. All they know is, I guess there ain't no reason to fight no more. It didn't do us any good. So we'll just go back to grazing. We'll just go back to what we were doing. That oil that's been applied, uh, they, they understand from that that there's really nothing to accomplish by that fighting that they, that they were getting ready to do. It's, it's a peace and a calmness that comes to the whole flock. Who understands where I'm going with this? Let me go back to Psalms 23 real quick. You're the sheep. Jesus is the shepherd. He says... I shall not want. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Everything you need is coming at you. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't even have to want. He's going to supply all my needs. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Have you ever read that word make in there before? Why does he have to make us lie down in green pastures? Because we won't do it. We can see them green pastures over there and we're like, well, those are pretty, pretty nice green pastures, but we won't go lie down. But our shepherd cares so much about us. He says, no, you're going to go lie down. It's like being in kindergarten to get you mad out. You're going to lie down. I'm sleepy. Get, you. He cares so deeply. You're our shepherd, your shepherd is taking such good care of you. He will make you lie down in green pastures. He makes you rest. He leads me beside still waters. M many of us don't like to be led. I I'm one of those people. I like to lead, but I don't want to be in the back of the line. But it, when, in the case of this one, it's your shepherd. He says, you need to get in line behind me because we're going to go buy some. Oh, look at that water. Hey, I'm kind of thirsty. He's like, I knew you would be. Get you some. Like, still waters. They're not flowing. There's nothing fearful about them. He says, go ahead. Get you, get you a drink down there. He restores my soul. Well, there's a whole message right there. How many of you need your soul restored this morning? How many of you have been through some things and you say, now that's the kind of shepherd I'm looking for right there. I'm going to take me a nap in green pastures. I'm going to get me a drink of fresh water. And I'm going to wait on him to restore my soul. I like that this morning. He leads me down righteous paths. How many of you want to be down righteous paths? I don't want to be down unrighteous paths. I don't know where they lead. He leads me down righteous paths. He, he allows me to walk in fearful places, the valley of the shadow of death, but I don't have to be afraid. Isn't that beautiful? It doesn't matter what the surroundings look like to me because my God says, I got you. I'm your shepherd. You just keep following where I'm at. He corrects me with his rod and his staff sometimes, which is what the, the psalmist wrote there, he, 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 but that comforts me. How many of you are comforted by discipline in your life? Not many of us. We're like, mm. The rod of correction, the, the rod of comfort. I don't want to be led by a shepherd that just lets me go willy-nilly doing whatever I want. I want him to take his staff and kind of jerk me back in the line once in a while. I want him to take his rod. I might need a whack on the back of the legs. How many of you had one of those before? And correct me and bring me back into line. I don't want to be out there willy-nilly he prepares a table before me in the middle of my enemies i love that line as i look around the encampment of where he's got me eating my dinner i'm a sheep i'm grazing i look around and i see here's all the wolves trying to get me and he put me right in the middle of them you know why 
Because he wants his mighty hand of protection to be evident in my life. He says, you can eat your dinner anywhere you want. Matter of fact, you can eat it right here in the middle of all of your enemies. I got you. And then my shepherd understands that I'm going to have some relationship issues. He understands more than anybody that, that I'm going to want to fight. I'm going to want to feud. I'm going to want to butt heads. But he loves me so much that he takes that oil, spring, summer, fall, and winter, and anoints my head. He says, I know you're going to butt heads, but you're my sheep. You're my child. He could have made it to where we all just loved each other all the time. What kind of world would that be? Isn't that the picture that they paint in Hollywood sometimes? And the, the, some of the songs that came out, you 70s folks. That's the picture that's painted for us. Why can't we just all love and get along? Wouldn't that be nice? It would be. But he knew, our shepherd knew it wasn't going to happen. We're going to irritate each other every once in a while. We're going to say something. We're going to forget to say something. We're going to do something that irritates each. And we want to butt heads. He saw that coming. He anoints my head with oil. But because of that oil, when we butt heads, we glean off of each other. No damage occurs. Calmness comes to the whole congregation, the whole flock. And he said, that's my sheep. That's my people right there. You anoint my head with oil. Why? Because he knew that we would fight. He knew that I, that I would get on some of your nerves. I, I may have already gotten on some of your nerves this morning just being up here. I came to hear Pastor Robert. He knew that we would have relationships that needed all our fight. They had come quickly to an end because of that anointing. He, he knew that it, it would settle the panic in, in, in the strife in the flock if he would anoint our heads with oil. Colossians 3, verse 12 and 13, Paul gives us instructions for what healthy living, healthy lifestyles, healthy relationships should look like. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, are you God's chosen people? Are you called? I believe that. He says, if that's patience bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you that's the picture that's the model of how the sheep should be living oh sure we're gonna butt heads every once in a while but then there's all of these things that come in and say hey let's just forgive Let, the kindness it has to come into that the compassion has to come into that the gentleness the patience with one another I'm a pretty patient guy but I have an end to patience at some point. Just like you. Here's what we're going to do. If you have a relationship issue in your life that needs to be renewed, this is going to be pretty simple. If you've got something that popped in your head while I've been speaking for the last few minutes, something that just desperately needs a touch from God. We, we've got several pastors here with us. Pastor Terry, I'm going to ask you. Pastor Rob to come. Joseph... I've got some anointing oil. i got some in my pocket. They're going to have some too. And some of you may think, well, that's, that's a little out there. I don't know about that. But here's what God told me to do, and I'm just going to be obedient to what God said. He said, there's some people in the flock. There's some sheep out there. 
Some of my sheep, he said, that need anointed. They need an anointing. They've been butting heads way too long. There's some damage in the flock. And if we're going to move any further in 2019 or any other year, if we're going to expand, if we're going to reach people for Christ, there have to be renewed relationships in the flock. Do you believe that? And so here's what we're going to do as they put just... Please put just a, a little bit of music on. I don't, I don't want anybody up here singing. Let's just start like this. I want you to take 60 seconds. And we're going to be quiet. Now here's what I want you to ask God. I want you to ask God for yourself. You can't ask this for somebody else. I want you to say, God, what relationships need renewed in my life? Bring them to my mind. Show me what they are. And at the end of that 60 seconds, here's what's going to happen. Pastors are going to be right here. If you would love for us to just anoint you with oil, it's not going to be a big deal. There's no power in this oil. This oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit of our God. Just as those sheep were anointed, just as Psalms 23 says, you anoint my head with oil, we're just going to anoint you just a little bit of oil and pray over you. And then I want you to go back to your seat because we're all going to, pray together. But if that's you, if you have any relationship in your life, marriages, we've got some marriages that desperately need to be renewed. Families, we've got siblings and, and parents and children at rival with each other. They need to be renewed. What about your friendships? You can put an end, you can start down a path to put an end to all the stress and uncertainty in your friendships today. What about your church family? Maybe you need to go grab somebody by the hand and both of you need to come together. This is a command from our Heavenly Father. This is not something that we get to play with and decide, do I want to do that? No. We're Christ followers. We, we will follow the commands of what they said and we will renew relationships. What about your business relationships? Maybe there's some untruth and some things going on in some business relationships. Whatever it is, after that initial 60 seconds, if it's you that needs any relationship renewed in your life, you just walk down here and find one of us. We're going to pray very quickly for you and anoint you.
anybody else. We're not in a hurry. This is kingdom business right here. Pray over all of us, if you would, just maintain that state of worship that you're in, praying. Maybe you didn't respond, but God's pulling on your, your heart this morning to respond. You just come on, anybody else? There's nothing more important that we could be doing but praying for one another. There's nothing more important in our homes and in our businesses and in our schools and in our church that we could be doing than praying for one another, forgiving one another, seeking to make it right. Jesus just didn't come down and walk this planet and say, here I am if you want me come get me. He went seeking people. He went to find folks who he knew needed to know him and needed their lives transformed. He's looking for people that aren't scared to get in the fight. So I just want to pray over all of us as we sort of end our time and then I'm going to charge you all with something and then we're going to worship together because that's what family does. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your Holy Spirit. We didn't have anything to do with what happened here today, God. We were just facilitators. We just opened the door. It was your Holy Spirit that came. Long before these people even got in their cars to come here this morning, your Holy Spirit showed up and said, I'm going to do a, a big work today. Lord, I pray that we stayed out of the way enough to let you do that. I believe these people that are here this morning, God, are sincere about your word. I believe they love you with an everlasting love. But I also think, including myself, we've got an awful lot to learn. Your expectations of us are pretty plain in Scripture. To love you, O oh God, our God, with all of our heart and all of our strength and all of our mind. So I pray that you... You saw that today from me. But God, we've got relationship issues. Some of them are hurting. Some of them have been sweltering for days and weeks and months and even years. And this morning, your Holy Spirit, the oil, you've come and you've poured oil over our heads, God, this morning. And you've commanded us, but yet gently, as your Holy Spirit always is, ask us, now will you do something about that? Will you take the first step? And so here's what we're going to do today, God. We've been putting it off for a long time, but we're going to go hug a neck of somebody we need to forgive. Somebody who's hurt us, God, or maybe we did the hurting. 
but we're going to go hug that neck. We're going to make that phone call. And we're going to ask you, God, to just infiltrate our relationships from the top to the bottom. We want to start with you. Maybe there's somebody here today that doesn't have a great relationship with God. Today's your day. All you have to do is, in your own words, just ask Him. Just say, Jesus, would you save me? He wants to. He's waiting. He's been waiting for you. He's your shepherd. As a matter of fact, I truly believe with everything inside of me, you were called to be a sheep even though you didn't know it or you wouldn't even be here today. Jesus, save me. And then your prayer should be, Jesus, would you help me with my relationships? Jesus, would you help me with my marriage? Would you help me be the husband, the wife that I am supposed to be? The one that loves and is patient and is kind and keeps no record of wrongs, would you? Will you help me be that person? Lord, I've hurt some people in my family. I've hurt some people at work. I, I've hurt some people at school and they've hurt me. I'm tired of carrying that around. And as that oil was applied, I've just given it to you, Jesus. Could you pray that with me this morning in your own words? Could you just say, I'm, I'm just giving it to you, Jesus. Oh, we don't know what to do. We don't know the next steps to take. We need you to show us, Lord. Some of these things have gone on so long and they're so complicated that it just seems too simple to just call and say, I'm sorry, but maybe that's what I need to do. I just want to know this, my shepherd. I just want to know that I'm right with you this morning. And I want to know that I'm right with the people around me. I thank you today, God, for the work that you have done through your word. That you've taught me and taught them through your word. And I pray that it will be a lasting thing and not a 15 second pop, but it'll be something that we live the rest of our days pursuing renewed relationships in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now I want you to look at me very carefully. Just give me one more minute. I don't usually do something like this, but as a pastor in this church, as one of your shepherds, I charge you today that from now on in this church body, if you hear anyone speak a word of criticism, of meanness, of slander, of negativity towards anybody else, I want you to stop them mid-sentence if you can. And I want you to say, who, who hurt you? What's the problem? What's going on? Was it Pastor Scott? Let's go see him. And I promise you this. I will get on my knees and I will ask you to forgive me. We will work through it because we are what? We're family. If you hear anyone do that, I want you to stop them. I want you to help them. We need to find resolution to our relationship problems in this church. And be forewarned. If you are a person that is criticizing, if you are someone who constantly gossips, says mean things, and that includes social media, you will be confronted. Because there's nothing else we know this for a fact. There is nothing else that will as quickly cause division in a church 
than relationship issues. Amen? It's pretty hard, wasn't it? It's not going to be tolerated. Because we want our relationships to be right with Him. And on the day that I get to heaven, and on the day you all get to heaven, I want to hear Him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Will you stand all over this place? Now we had an opportunity at the beginning. And now God's done a work in His people. And so now there's something new stirring. And so you get the opportunity one more time before we leave this place to lift up a hand, to tilt your head back. Don't be embarrassed. We're all family. You talk to your God. You let Him know how much you love Him today before you leave this place. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.